This episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by Audible. Get a free trial offer along with a free audiobook at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 29. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different areas. Today we are joined by Pastor Kevin Johnson, who is the pastor of Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Carlisle, Iowa. Pastor Johnson, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Good to be here. So help orient us geographically. Where exactly are we in Iowa, and where are we in relation to maybe some of the larger cities that our listeners may know about? Yeah, I mean, uh, Iowa is smack dab in the middle of the flyover, uh, so <laughs> you know we're, we're we're kind of in the heartland, the Midwest, and uh, Carlisle is right outside of Des Moines. Uh, we're about 20 minutes from downtown Des Moines, so Des Moines is the capital of, of Iowa, uh, right right there at the intersection of I-80 and I-235, or I'm sorry, I-80 and I-35, uh, going across the country there. Um, and so, yeah, you can't get much more Middle America than than us. Okay, excellent. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in the middle of middle America. Okay, well, yeah, I'm a native of Iowa. Uh, I was born in Fort Dodge, uh, which is about 90 miles north and a little west of, uh, of Des Moines, and uh, grew up there. Um, I went to, to high, uh, met my, my uh, future wife in high school, in German class of all places. Um, I was... Uh, uh, did not grow up in a Lutheran family. Uh, my parents weren't going to church. They were nominally Baptist at the time. Uh, it was thanks to a, a neighbor, uh, and, and I was friends with his with his kids, and particularly his son. And they started inviting me to church and Sunday school, VBS, uh, got me to go to confirmation there. Uh, it was an old ALC church. Um, so it was uh, St. Olaf, which is a good, solid Norwegian synod church or uh, ALC church. And um, after that, I got into high school, met, met my, my wife again in German class. Uh, she was a Hoff, so a good German girl, and she was Missouri senior. So, you know, right there, you might think we were star-crossed lovers, uh, to, in a sense, you know, because uh, it used to be a pretty big distinction between, you know, the ELCA, or what would become an ELCA church, and, and a Missouri Senate church. And even, even 30 years ago, that was, was already kind of a, a distinction that was, was happening. Um, but uh, after uh, after graduation, I ended up going to the Marine Corps. I married her after I came home. Uh, had been stationed in North Carolina. I was uh, air crew uh, on C-130, so I flew quite a bit. I got to see a lot of the world at that time, although I've never really lived anywhere for any significant amount of time except for Iowa, other than when I was in the Marine Corps for four years. Um, again, came home, went to Iowa State, got a degree in architecture was happily practicing architecture. I joined the Air Guard, so I was, I was serving there. And uh, uh, eventually in 1999, uh, uh, got the, uh, uh, I was hearing a lot of uh, recruitment uh, by the Senate for pastors. And I thought, you know, if they need pastors, maybe I should, maybe I should consider doing this. And so I uh, went to talk to my pastor, talked to my wife, and her response was, well, I always thought I'd be married to a pastor. I just didn't know how it was going to be you. <laughs> <laughs> and next thing I know, we were, we were selling everything. And I'd been, I had been practicing architecture, sold my, my, uh, part of my partnership in the firm, went to St. Louis, and um, 
was studying uh, there at the seminary until uh, September of 2001. Uh, my Air Guard unit got activated. I withdrew from the seminary and um, ended up uh, uh, being on active duty until 2002 and then go out on Vicarage. And I received a Vicarage assignment to here at Carlisle, Fort Cross in Carlisle, 17 years ago. And um, then uh, they called me as pastor and I've been here ever since. Wow. So then you were right, you were activated right around September, like in response to September 11th and all that stuff then. Yeah. yeah wow. Okay. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you made it through and that you're now, now where you are. So tell us a little bit more about Carlisle and what you like best about the area. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when I was growing up here, in fact, I lived in Des Moines, uh, practiced architecture in Des Moines uh, up until going to seminary. Uh, so I'm very familiar with the Des Moines area, which Carlisle is just a hop, skip, and a jump from. And I didn't even know Carlisle was down here. Um, you know, I was so focused on I was working downtown. Um, we, we had a home in Beaverdale, which is a nice little uh, urban neighborhood, uh, old neighborhood in, in Des Moines, but a very nice neighborhood. Uh, so I didn't even know Carlisle was around. And, and I had no idea that, that I'd be called in eventually as pastor. That was, you know, was t- not even on my radar at all. Um, uh, if you remember the McCoy septuplets, uh, they were very, uh, there was a whole lot of media coverage of, of the McCoy septuplets about 20 years ago or so. That's kind of Carlisle's claim to fame. Okay. They grew up. Um, so even when I took the call here in 2003, um, they were just young kids. They were the same age as my kids. So that was kind of a, kind of a, a big thing in Carlisle. Um, Carlisle is a small town. I think there's about 2,500 people. We are growing a little bit. We're on the southeast side of Des Moines, which is not the prosperous, big, sprawling uh, part of town where all the new stuff is happening. That's all out west. Uh, there's the western suburbs, Urbandale, Clive, um, Waukee, uh, Adair, uh, uh, moving out that way to the west. We're sort of a, a little forgotten pocket down here. And uh, the church was, was built in 63 as kind of a mission plant. It's always been kind of small. Um, I don't think we've ever had more than 120 people in, in service, you know, a couple hundred members. And um, just kind of quietly minding our own business down here on the southeast side of Des Moines. And just a, a little treasure down here. It's like living in it's like living in a small town, but you have all the amenities of, of Des Moines that, again, are like 15, 20 minutes away. Uh, hospitals, um, shopping centers, restaurants. Um, yeah, just a great great place to get a taste of kind of uh, rural Iowa and at the same time have all the amenities of, of the city. Okay, great. So then it's got, as you were just saying, it's got that kind of in-between feel of you're, you're close to Des Moines, so you have the access to those more city-oriented things, but it's also this, as you put it, forgotten pocket of like, um, maybe not uh, sort of idyllic, but more rural and more small town feeling. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody kind of knows everybody. Uh, you feel very safe walking down the streets. Kids, you know, our church has a little playground. So, you know, lots of neighborhood kids kind of play there. Um, you know, you, you can, okay, this is going to sound crazy, but you literally can leave your house unlocked, the keys in the car. I mean, I don't know if there are too many places left like this, you know, and maybe I'm being a little bit, um, a little bit nostalgic, but, you know, we've, we've never had any problems. Um, you know, but, uh, but, I mean, there's, there's problems with, yeah, there's, there's, uh, for a while, I think we might have had a bit of a drug problem in the area. Um, but that's, you know, things have kind of worked out. Um, yeah, just a really wonderful small town atmosphere. Yep. 
Great. So as you were just saying, no no place is perfect. What are some of the challenges about the area? You mentioned the, the drug problem. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about the challenges, whether it's that or something else. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to make a big deal out of that. Sure. I mean, but, you know, like I said earlier, Des Moines is kind of at that crossroads between, you know, two major interstates. So Des Moines itself does have some drug, gang uh, violence, that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, you like any city, you have to be aware of the good neighborhoods, the bad neighborhoods, kind of mark and avoid, um, you know, uh, be aware of your surroundings. But overall, even Des Moines itself is, there's so many nice neighborhoods I mean, downtown, uh, they're revitalizing the downtown. There's fantastic restaurants. Um, there's a lot of loft apartment living for young people down there. Um, we love going downtown. I, I mean, I worked downtown when I was an architect, and that was before the revitalization, so I love seeing the renovation and, and some of the new buildings, and, and it's really, really a fun time in Des Moines. Again, great restaurants. You go out west, the, the western suburbs are pretty much what you consider, I think, typical American suburbs. You know, new homes, nice schools, you know, family-oriented, family you know. Um, the challenges, uh, one of the challenges, okay, in a very, uh, just a very uh, physical way, uh, the summers here are super muggy. Uh, they're also very buggy. Um, you know, there are tornadoes, you know. In fact, we had some, uh, it wasn't bad weather, but we had some first uh, kind of severe weather of the season, some thunderstorms in the um, so you have that to contend with. Uh, winters are harsh, not as harsh as Minnesota, um, but you know we, we do get lots of days that are you know uh, sub-zero, uh, lots of blowing snow and blizzards, and we do have our share of snow days and and that kind of a thing. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, you know, aside from that, you know the weather's pretty nice. Um, you know, Iowa has its gold moments too. Um, but uh, other challenges. Uh, I was asking my daughter about this, and she's 19. And she had a, one of her friends over last night, and we were sitting around talking outside on one of the really nice days when there weren't a lot of bugs. And, um, you know, they were saying, you know, one of the things that's a real challenge is finding uh, a Christian boyfriend um, or finding a, a, you know, a Lutheran boyfriend. Or I shouldn't just say boyfriend. I mean, you know, for whatever, you know, I have five young men in the congregation coming and telling me the same thing. Where, where are the nice young girls, you know? Um, and, and, and if you happen to be a liturgical a confessional Lutheran, uh, now now the field's getting pretty narrow. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think it's the perception that it's, it's hard to find someone, you know, to, to find as a suitable companion, you know, uh, here, here in Iowa. And if you get out in the rural areas uh, where the rural population is even shrinking further, it gets even tighter. You know, I mean, Des Moines is, is growing and, and the surrounding areas grow. So there are lots and lots of young people. But again, finding, finding that, that, um, that place where there's a church or, or some other place where you can find, again, young, suitable people of the opposite sex to 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 look for as a, as a potential um, husband or wife. Yeah, that, that's a challenge. Okay, that makes sense. So just the fact that, as you were just saying, the population is kind of shrinking in rural areas and also, unfortunately, as we see more and more of even LCMS churches moving away from the good, solid, liturgical, historical approach to the faith, there's there's fewer and fewer people of the opposite sex to, to get to know and to marry. Right. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about 
kind of your experience and how you'd contrast it with where you are now. So as you mentioned, you've you've kind of seen the world in the Marine Corps, but weren't kind of solidly rooted in any place in particular. Is there anything that you noticed kind of on your travels that you would contrast with your experience in Iowa in terms of either the culture or just the way of living, either for good or for ill? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I I think Iowa, you know, we're generally pretty conservative. I mean, Polk County, where where Des Moines is located, Warren County, where where Carlisle is located, I mean, those are kind of progressive pockets within, you know, Iowa. I mean, up in Story County with Ames or over uh, where Iowa City is, of course, you've got you've got more progressive pockets there, you know, because of the universities and stuff. Uh, but overall, I'd say you know, there's there's some very traditional values still at work here in Iowa uh, that maybe don't exist quite the same way out in the Northwest or something. Um, now, when I traveled, like when I was in North Carolina, again, being in a military community, you know, it's still relatively conservative and and that kind of a thing. Uh, you know, I, I have had a chance to travel and spend some limited amount of time. I was in I was in Okinawa for six months and spent some time in, in Japan and, and uh, also in Korea. Um, you know, but but again, it was it was kind of hard to you know really make any kind of comparison there. I, I guess one of the things I have found. Uh, I, I also spent a couple of weeks over in Kenya about ten years ago. Um, I got a chance to to. Uh, 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 teach a, a short class over at the uh, at the uh, Kasumu uh, Matango uh, uh, Teachers College and Seminary there in Kasumu, and I got to teach the Augsburg Confession to a group of pastors, which was which was awesome. Fantastic. And one of the things that that they said to me was one one Sunday uh, while we were preaching, or I was preaching, and I got done with this with the service, and and you know the people of the congregation you know came up, and we were out in the rural area of Kenya there, and they came up and, and they said. You know, we didn't know how a rich, white, American pastor would be able to preach in a way that, that we would understand or connect with. And, you know, I kind of looked at him and I said, well, you know, I didn't, do, I didn't say anything really different than I would have said to my own congregation back home. Right? I mean, the, the law is still the law that shows us our sins and condemns us, shows us how we need to live. Uh, and the gospel still, still shows us our Savior. And what he gives to us is his gifts, that forgiveness of sins, life, and, and forgiveness, and our salvation. And then that's universal, you know, whether you're in, you know, rural Kenya or rural Iowa or, or downtown Des Moines or, uh, you know, I, I also got a chance to go up to uh, uh, upper Norway for, for a few weeks, uh, deployed one time and got to stay in a small little community up in Norway. And again, you know, people are people. We want to, we want to be loved and we want to have a roof over our heads and we want to have good food on the table. We want to, you know, to have a chance to party and celebrate with our friends and, and you know what, and we, and we need the same promises of the gospel. So, so I don't know, in some ways I, I found that, you know, people are people, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess, uh, especially as we get in that, our Lutheran community, you know, I think that Lutherans who have that similar grounding in the word of God, in our confession, and in the practice of that faith, where we've got so much in common, it doesn't really matter too much where you are. You know, maybe I'm being a bit naive in saying that, or maybe a bit idealistic, but but I, I really I really do think there's a lot a lot to that. Yeah, that makes sense. Where, as you just said, that we're we're all Christians living under the law, and we all need the gospel. Yeah. All right, let's take a moment to thank our sponsor. A lot of us have a lot of downtime right now. 
and there's been no better time to start a new audiobook with a free trial from Audible. You get a free audiobook of your choice that you get to keep, even if you decide not to continue with their service. So far as books you can check out, I'd recommend looking into Luther's Bondage of the Will. That's on Audible that you can pick up as your free audiobook. But if you don't like that one, you can always choose a different one from their plethora of options. So go ahead and go to lutherancartographer.com slash audible to get your free audiobook today. Let's get back to our guest. All right. So now as we think a little bit more about Carlisle and what it's like there, tell us a little bit about what it's like to raise a family. You mentioned you have a 19-year-old daughter. Tell us a little bit more about what it's like, what it was like to raise her and the rest of your family there. Yeah. Um, I think Iowa has traditionally had a good reputation for a good school system. And I, I think that's still pretty much the case. I mean, again, especially in the smaller communities, I think I think the the school system is very good. Um, athletics, of course, is a, is a, you know our little community really centers around you know high school sports. Um, yeah, and again, the, the community is safe. People know each other, so 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 that's a benefit. Um, you know the uh, um, well, uh, we homeschool. Um, Excellent. And, and we, we did that mostly because. As a pastor's family, that gave us more more flexibility with our time. You know, I mean, because a pastor, uh, I'm working on the holidays when everybody else is taking off. Uh, gave our gave us a chance to kind of uh, you know again have more flexibility with our time off together as a family. And 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 to be honest, homeschooling is growing in the Des Moines area and in Iowa. Uh, we have a a large number of families in our in our church. I think we have eight or ten families that, that homeschool. In our little congregation, I mean, we have about 170 members, I think, and about 90 or so on a Sunday. Um, and and you know, a lot of we've got a lot of young families at homeschool, and so so that's nice to have that community. Um, but you know, raising a family you know, in the Des Moines area, in particular, to this area, um, many opportunities, great uh, museums. We've got just a, a, a beautiful uh, um, uh, art museum, the, the Des Moines Art Center. Which has three uh, world-renowned architects that have done additions to it. Um, we've got uh, the state capitol, which is wonderful for touring, and the state uh, historical museum, which has an amazing collection of Civil War flags of the Iowa regiments that served in the war. So, if a person has that interest and that connection to, to history, that's there. Um, you know, there's wonderful city parks. Now, now, granted, we don't have oceans, we don't have beaches to speak of. You know, we don't have mountains to climb, but, you know, we've got wonderful, uh, wonderful parks. We've got wonderful hiking trails. Um, you know, we've got a lot of uh, the old railroad system has been converted into bike trails. Uh, so, uh, you know, wonderful opportunities to go out and walk and bike. And uh, there's, a, there's a great trail next to our house or to the church where we see deer and, and Fox and all kinds of birds of different, you know, different uh, species throughout the summer. So yeah, so lots of lots of great stuff. And like I said, people I think in Iowa are generally pretty friendly. Um, they'll they'll smile at you and wave. Um, you know, uh, they make eye contact. They're not afraid to, you know, again actually say hi, how's it going? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So I think overall it's just a, a pretty nice atmosphere uh, to to grow up in, raise your family. I know for a lot of Iowans. You know, after high school, you leave, you know, get out of, get out of Dodge, uh, you know, literally, and 
Um, but then after you go away, you realize, you know what, I was still has a lot to offer. So I think a lot of people do come back. Okay, that makes sense. So you've already started talking about some of the cool things to see and do there. Uh, you mentioned the museum and other things. What else would you like to highlight to our listeners if they're coming through Des Moines or through uh, Carlisle? What would you say, ah, you got to check this out? Um, I mean, if you're coming through Carlisle, you know, and you happen to be here on a Sunday or a Wednesday evening, you know, stop by the church. You know, hold cross, stop by and say hi. Uh, come to service. Um, you know, do me the favor of letting me know ahead of time uh, so that I can, you know, be prepared for visitors and uh, uh, we can we can deal with, with uh, um, you know, with, with explaining to you our community practice, that kind of a thing. But, yeah, we'd love to see people, you know, visit our little church. Uh, there's uh, Des Moines itself, again, it's full of great restaurants. Uh, one, of, one of our favorite, my favorite, my wife doesn't particularly like to go there, but uh, when we get the pastors together for a Winkle or, or you know, um, Reformation, or we have a study group that we host, um, there's a little restaurant downtown called Hessen House, which is a German restaurant. It's in a converted uh, train depot from probably from going back to the 1940s. So it has a real sort of German, you know, gas house or Berghof kind of feel to it. You know, big wide open spaces, big table. And they have an incredible uh, selection of Lutheran beverages, uh, lots of German beers on tap and, and good food. So that, that's kind of a fun thing. Uh, but oh, there, there's just, again, there's, there's Thai restaurants, there's, there's um, you know, all kinds of, um, you know, lots, lots of, of Mexican restaurants. Uh, we've got a very vibrant Hispanic community in the Des Moines area. Um, boy, you know, uh, sports, there, there's uh, the Iowa Wild, which is a, a hockey team. We've got the Barnstormers. We don't have any pro teams with, with big names, but we love our Iowa Cubs, which are a farm team for the, for the uh, Chicago Cubs. And, you know, so, yeah, there's just there's just a ton of stuff to do. It's a little low-key, you know. It's not the big city with, with every conceivable thing. But, you know, we do get some really wonderful shows at the Civic Center. Hamilton's been here, Wicked. Uh, we get we get uh, wonderful concerts if, if, if uh, family's into that kind of a thing. Um, yeah, so, really, I, I think uh, Des Moines just got a lot to offer. Great. So what else would you say to... Uh, let's let's back up and talk about and uh, talk to the person that might be thinking about moving to a more rural area. So right now we're hopefully by the time you hear this, dear listener, things will have changed. But right now on the 16th of May, we're going through the coronavirus and a lot of states, especially the more urban and blue states are still kind of locked down. And a lot of people at this time are really thinking about, maybe I should move to a more, more rural area. What would your thoughts, both general advice and pastoral thoughts, be for somebody saying, I'm thinking about getting out of Dodge? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you if you go to a very rural community, you know, let's say, you know, 60 miles or 90 miles from Des Moines, then obviously you're going to have that more of that small town culture. I mean, you may not have a Walmart. You may not have a Starbucks. Uh, you know, there might be just a Casey's, which is kind of a local gas station slash convenience store. Um, but, but, you know, what? you're within driving distance of, of something, you know. Uh, but if you like that quiet, small-town life, it's there. And I think uh, the cost of living is pretty good. You know, a, a decent uh, a salary is going to buy you a nice house. Um, you know, and especially in this age of working from home with the Internet and stuff, you know, a person might be able to have a really nice living in a, in a rural area. Um, also, uh, particularly in, we're in Iowa District West, and this is probably true of a lot of our, our districts, um, 
the rural churches tend to be the more conservative, confessional, liturgical services, or churches, I mean. And, um, you know, so, so you can pretty much probably count on that if you're moving into one of the rural, more rural communities. So if, if you, if, and I think this is a pretty big consideration, you know, don't assume that, you know, that if you move to Des Moines and you go to the nearest Missouri Synod church, that it's going to be what you would consider a liturgical and, you know, confessional church. Um, you know, we probably have 18 Missouri Synod congregations uh, in the Des Moines area. And, um, you know, a lot of our members move, you know, move to where there's a good school or, or their work, which is on the west side or downtown. And they find out that, hey, the nearest church feels more like your basic non-denominational box church uh, in terms of its teaching and practice than the church that they were coming from or looking for. So you just have to be a little, a little careful. You know, uh, but I guess it can also be seen as a plus. Uh, you know, uh, there's a wide range of worship styles and practices in the Des Moines area. Everything from very, very contemporary to very, very liturgical and traditional. Um, so, you know, and I'm not saying this is necessarily a good thing. It probably might be for some people that you, you've got a lot of options. Um, you know, and so um, Des Moines, again, Des Moines is just a, a, a city that has a lot going for it. And in the Lutheran community, um, quite a bit of diversity, and that doesn't even include the uh, all the ELCA churches that are that are in town or in the Des Moines area too. Yeah, I see. So, kind of the idea of looking before you leap or researching before you leap. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So let's elaborate a little more on what it's like to be Lutheran there. You've already touched on it in terms of what it's like with the, as you just talked about, the diversity there. But there's also the 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 part that I'm, I'm particularly curious about is kind of the general, how it fits in kind of the more general culture. Uh, on the coasts here, um, I know a lot of people think of, well, all the Midwest is super... Uh, um, conservative Christian, but that isn't necessarily the case. What's the, the general culture and how does Lutheranism fit into it? Yeah. Um, well, you know, Iowa is heavily uh, ethnically Scandinavian and German, right? And so, you know, Scandinavian churches, traditionally Lutheran, German churches, traditionally Lutheran. So there is culturally a lot of Lutheran history in Iowa. I mean, there's also a ton of Methodists and Roman Catholics as well. Also, a lot of non-denominational Protestant influence going on now is a lot of people have moved from more mainstream, again, Methodist, liberal, Lutheran, even even Missouri Synod, into more of the non-denominational churches and stuff. Um, but, um, you know, culturally, again, still pretty conservative, pretty traditional. I think, I think that's not a a stereotype. I think that's probably pretty true. Um, but there's also a lot of people who used to be Lutheran, mm. right? There's a lot of people, particularly in my generation. I'm I'm a I'm at the tail end of the baby boom, so I'm I'm a little older probably than maybe a lot of your listeners even. But um, you know, in my generation, I had I had almost 30 kids in my confirmation class, you know, and I don't know if any of them are still going to church or Lutheran. Mm. You know, I mean, I don't have contact with them, so I, I don't mean to judge, but um, but just in general, uh, in, in my age group, you know, when I talk to a lot of my you know high school those people I graduate high school and things, a lot of them are, oh yeah, I used to go to church or I used to be Lutheran, um, and you just see a lot of that, unfortunately. Um, and so I 
think that, that yes, most people would consider themselves Christian. Most people consider themselves, you know, um, you know, good people who are living a moral, upright life, you know, without hurting our neighbor. Uh, I think that's probably, you know, pretty much there. Uh, I think there's still a lot of people who, um, even though they don't go to church, do again consider themselves Christian. Unfortunately, you know, we have not seen a whole lot of the CNE Christians any longer. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So I do think that there is a shift that people are saying, hey, look, at, if I'm not coming to church regularly, I don't know if there's any point, you know, even though I think they still consider themselves Christians. Um, you know, our church, if we do have that bump in attendance over Christmas and Easter, it's because families uh, are coming together. You know, there's not, not that there are people we haven't seen for, for ages that suddenly reappear. That, that just doesn't seem to happen as much anymore, at least in our church. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so now as we start to close, kind of wind down the podcast, I want to make sure that I give you the opportunity to point our listeners to the things that you'd like to, whether it's your church's website, places to follow you online. What would you like to point our listeners to? Yeah, I mean, uh, check out our webpage, which is holycrosscarlisle.org. It's not super um, complicated. I mean, there's only a few things on there, Uh, mostly uh, a... uh, um, a link to our serv- our sermons uh, and services that have been streaming, particularly during this uh, time of social isolation. Um, and that, that links you to our YouTube channel. Um, and so you can check out our YouTube channel, um, Holy Cross Carlisle. Um, and then you've got uh, services again and, and sermons, Bible studies and things that you can, you can watch. Um, also, um, you know, we, we uh, I really promote issues, etc., um, you know, I think that's a wonderful resource. We, we, we support them. And uh, so we, uh, we're part of their 300 club, you know, so people can get can find us that way. Um, also, another resource uh, that I don't know if, if a lot of your listeners are, are aware of is LutheranLiturgy.org. Okay. Um, it's, uh, it's a, uh, if you type in LutheranLiturgy.org, it, it gives you a website where you type in an area or, a, or, an e, or a, I'm sorry, a zip code, and it will tell you whether that church is uh, liturgical and whether what, whether they're using the Lutheran service book and which service is their primary service. You know, do they offer communion every Sunday? You know, do they have a crucifix? I mean, it gets, it gets fairly specific, uh, but that's a really good resource, especially if somebody's looking to move or even going on vacation. You can kind of look ahead on that website, and, and then you can contact the pastor and let them know you're going to be in town. And you, uh, I, I have people calling ahead all the time uh, who are moving into the area, and they, they kind of they kind of question me a little bit and want to find out a little bit more before they even uh, move into the Des Moines area, so they kind of know what they're getting into. Okay, excellent. So, listeners, you can find all that stuff at the show notes page. That'll be at lutheranCartographer.com slash twenty nine. And before I la- ask my last question, I do want to ask you, since we are in this kind of unprecedented time of um, some states sheltering in place, others open, what are what are things like for in the Des Moines area and for you guys? Yeah, um, it, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, I mean, uh, Des Moines itself was lagging behind the rest of the state because it does have a a higher percentage of uh, cases of coronavirus and hospitalized and also deaths in the state. It's one of the higher, higher afflicted uh, counties. Mm-hmm. And we're just south, just a couple miles south of, of, the, of the county line. So most of our members are coming down from the Des Moines. Uh, 
Um, so we're trying to practice social distancing. Um, make sure services aren't limited. Um, you know, we've got the pews spread out, and people let me know if they're coming to church, and then we have them sit so they're six feet apart, uh, which is which is awkward. But hey, it does allow you know members to come and be able to receive the sacrament. And so we, you know, we're trying to take precautions. And um, uh, but on the other hand, um, if you're going up into Des Moines, you know, they recommend wearing a mask, and and uh, we're still doing that. Um, but things are opening up in the state, and um, so we're actually thinking about adding possibly in the next couple of weeks another service uh, to accommodate, excuse me, uh, to accommodate more of our members as we do open up more to allow them to start getting back to church um, again. We're not limited in numbers, but you're limited in the in the volume of the space of the sanctuary, so that we you know we can have people spread out and maintain that good social distance until until hopefully this thing passes. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much for your time today, Pastor Johnson. What are your final thoughts for our listeners? Well, I would just encourage people, you know, again to um, you know. Uh, Enjoy uh, the church where they're at, right? And their, their friends and family that are as part of that church. Um, if you have questions, don't be afraid to go talk to your pastor. Uh, even if you're wondering what he's doing and why, you know, or, or not doing uh, and should be doing, go talk to them because your pastor uh, hopefully loves to explain these things. Um, you know, especially things about the liturgy and about our confession. Um, make sure that you're, uh, if you can't go to church, that you are finding uh, good stuff to stream. Uh, as you're isolated at home, again, I'd, I'd suggest uh, issues, etc. Uh, you know, boy, boy, you know, you've got a lot of time on your hands to listen to good stuff. Uh, also, check out higher things. You know, I mentioned earlier one of the challenges is finding that uh, um, uh, person of the opposite sex that that you might be able to have a, a long time relationship with. Uh, and higher things is a good a good place for young people to kind of um, uh, get that good foundation and also hopefully interact with some other young people that are like-minded. Um, and yeah, just, just um, remember that the Lord is with you, that he, that he gives you his, his unchanging word, uh, that you have the, that incredible gift of the sacrament to participate in when, when, you, when you're able to come together. And unfortunately, if you can't come together, um, I, I should say, uh, because we can't come together perhaps, don't forget that you have baptism. In your baptism, you have everything. Uh, life, forgiveness, salvation. It's yours, a present reality, uh, even if you aren't able to come to church right now. Yeah. Amen. Thank you again for your time today. God's peace. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 29. I encourage you to check out that Audible offer at lutherancartographer.com slash audible. Get a free audiobook, and you get to keep it at the end of the trial. Go ahead and, and subscribe to the show on iTunes and on Stitcher so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.